Hello and welcome to the Irish NFL show. My name is Shane Brennan and as this is coming out on Sunday morning, I'll be very excited of flying on a plane to Frankfurt, Germany to watch my beloved New England Patriots and we'll be delivering content throughout the day. But before we get into that, we're going to focus on the Patriots of what has been a tough season for us Pats fans and not, not that we've experienced many. So joining me, who will be uh, somebody who will be waking up extremely early to watch the Pats game on Sunday is Brad Whitaker, who's calling in from Texas. Brad, thank you very much for, for taking the time out to speak to us. Yeah, thank you for having me. I guess I think it's very difficult to have a conversation with the Patriots without talking about one of two men. I'm going to start with the quarterback. I feel like a lot of people keep comparing him to, to, to Tom Brady, and that's too high of a bar to say what anybody is in those shoes. But either way, I don't really think that Mac Jones has been performing in a way where he's, his seat is safe for next year. I think that's that's pretty strong to say. How have you... Um, have you been impressed by some some ways that Mac Jones has been performing throughout the year, or do you feel that this is it, that this is his last season playing as a New England Patriot? Well, he's clearly regressed since his rookie year. I mean, he's playing, he played worse in year two. You could chalk that up to the offensive coordinator situation they had with Matt Patricia. But year three, it's continuing to see his struggles after he went out of the gate and was, you know, one of the favorites for rookie of the year. Um, his first year in the league. And I think when, when Mac Jones was drafted, we kind of looked at it as, hey, look, you've got a high IQ quarterback. He's very accurate. He makes good decisions. He takes care of the football. Where have we seen that before? Well, we had a guy named Tom Brady who didn't have the strongest arm when he came into the league, but he was very smart, very disciplined. One of the first guys at the facility every morning, Mac Jones hit that criteria. The problem is Brady kind of came into New England when that culture was somewhat developed, they had veterans there that were, were bringing the Pats to what we saw the last two decades. And Brady kind of inherited that and, and grew it over time. Whereas Matt Jones came in during a rebuilding era and they were planning on having Cam Newton be the quarterback, obviously a very different style quarterback than Mac was. And he struggled because he just did not have the protection that Brady had, certainly didn't have the weapons that Brady had. And by the time Brady had established himself, and you know, he had better offensive lines, he had worse ones, but he always had something to work with, and he had built up that trust in the locker room over time. Mac Jones didn't really have that opportunity, and then when Josh McDaniels left after his rookie year, Belichick just kind of said, hey, it's plug and play with Matt Patricia, maybe this guy will be a good offensive coordinator, maybe he won't. Offensive line struggled. Uh, and then this year, they can't even run the football. They brought in Bill O'Brien expecting that to fix things, but he just doesn't have the talent around him. And if you're going to have a quarterback who throws in the pocket, who doesn't have the greatest arm strength, who can't really elevate people the way, you know, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes can, um, you need weapons around him or he's going to struggle. And what we've seen is a Mac Jones who is not very poised, not very confident, and he's not making the decisions that he was making correctly his rookie year. Even go back to week one when they were playing the Philadelphia Eagles, watch the way his footwork is happening, watch the way he moves around the pocket, gets rid of the football. He looked like a lot more confident of a quarterback, whereas now after just getting hit and, and struggling and not having a running game going, I he's kind of broken. And it's hard to tell, you know, if maybe if Belichick's gone and they're they're putting some pieces around him next season, there is another year with Mac. But really hard to tell at this point because he, it obviously is not working with the pieces they put around him. Yeah, I was listening to uh, the Dynasty by Jeff Benedict on my way into work today, and 
I, I, was, I was struck by the the chapter I was listening to was very deep into the relationship between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, that they were very much working with each other. They were on the same page. I felt like a lot of times this year that Mac Jones is all, it's like the coaching staff have always been working against Mac Jones. That as much as, like you said, the offensive line has been very good. The running game has been very good. The receiver core is pretty terrible. Um, it felt like that he seems he seems to be kind of has somewhat I won't say attitude, but is there's been a bit of needle, there's been a bit of argument in inside the camp. I mean, as much as the the team itself is not running in uh, in the way that it should be, do you feel like that Mac Jones in his third year is becoming just a bit more, I guess, combative in the fact that he's not a rookie, that he's in uh, with Bill O'Brien, which is a, a fellow creator he's worked before and probably has some form of relationship with, and he. And the other guys on the offense may not be playing for him. Yeah, and that really started his second year. Uh, you know, obviously Mac had a great rookie year. If it weren't for Jamar Chase, rookie of the year, he had a great season, made the Pro Bowl. Uh, and really, he went into year two, and there was a press conference with Bill Belichick where he said, hey, Mac looks even better heading into year two. He clearly improved in the offseason. He put on some muscle. His arm strength grew a little bit, supposedly. And But because Belichick put him in the situation with a defensive coordinator being his offensive coordinator, and because that backfired big time, uh, we ended up seeing the Patriots really struggle. And yeah, they had a better run game last year than they did this year, uh, but the scheme was significantly worse. It was kind of a high school offensive scheme. They Patricia really tried to simplify things, and uh, you had receivers and, and and quarterbacks and everyone in the locker room saying, no, Matt, we shouldn't do it this way. We should do it that way. And because there was kind of that, you know, not seeing eye to eye in the locker room between Mac Jones and Matt Patricia, uh, he started looking into outside counsel, outside advice. We know he's been talking to like Dan Orlovsky. He's been talking to some of the people that he worked with back at Alabama just because he was not getting the coaching he needed in year two to improve as a quarterback. And that adversity was really new to him. You have to remember, he was at Alabama with better weapons than he has now, uh, you know, with Devontae Smith out there, he had Najee Harris, all these really great players, Jalen Waddell. And now, you know, he's working with Jalen Rager. Nothing against him, but, you know, he's been bouncing from team to team for a reason. Uh, so it, it all started in year two, and ever since then, uh, Matt, and the coaching staff really has not been seeing eye to eye in the way you would expect uh, from a, a starting quarterback. And Max even saying little things like, uh, you know, he says all the right things publicly in press conferences. He, you know, he goes the Patriot way, so to speak. But they'll ask him a question like a reporter last week asked him, uh, you know, you have some of the lowest separation of your receivers. And what, do, what are you going to do about that? And Mac, you know, would answer like, oh, well, you know, I got to go out there and play my best. But he, he also said something like, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Anytime someone brings up a challenging situation for Mac, lately he's been responding with, that's a really good question. In other words, yeah, you're right about that, but I'm going to say the answer. That's not going to get me in trouble by my coaching staff. But everybody knows they're not seeing eye to eye right now. I guess after the recent firing in Las Vegas, I think the, well, one of the questions that people have been asking goes, there's a lot of people like, I don't know if it's panicking, but sort of making a lot of statements around the Patriots right now. So what do we do? What do we do now to the fixings? Because Bill O'Brien was brought in to fix the Matt Patricia experiment, which went very wrong. And obviously Bill O'Brien was somebody who was 
familiar to Bill Belichick, and then that hasn't seemed to be working so far this year. So is Josh McDaniels coming back as an offensive coordinator uh, a possible solution in going into the future for the Patriots, or is that just, you know, bringing the Patriots coach carousel back another turn, and we're going to end up with the same problems we have with Bill O'Brien now? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Mac Jones and Josh McDaniels worked very well together. Uh, now, anyone you talk to says there was a lot of hand-holding there. They let Mac be a lot more independent in year two, certainly in year three, calling audibles, changing things up at the line. Uh, but really, I'm not sure because, as you said, the, in Las Vegas, they couldn't get an offensive going, and they have great weapons. You know, they brought in Jacoby Myers. They had Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. We see in, in New York... Uh, former Patriots uh, coach there, and their offense is struggling. So, so you have three of the worst offenses in the league with kind of Patriot-style background, and you have to wonder, like, is this outdated for the current NFL? And I'm not sure it is. I'm not, you know, I, I think a lot of it comes, football is built from the inside out. A lot of the struggles early were with the offensive line. That seems to be coming together, but the receiving core is not very good, and they're also banged up. You lost Kendrick Bourne, your best receiver. It took you five weeks to get Demario Douglas out there playing regularly. I don't know why he was punished for a, a really great fumble that was caused by Bradley Chubb in week two, and he was just kind of put on the bench for a few weeks because of it. And Max really hasn't been able to build that rapport uh, with, with his other receivers, with Juju Smith-Schuster, who replaced Jacoby Myers, for basically the same price. So there's all these weird personnel decisions that have been happening on the offensive side of the football that doesn't make sense. I'd be very open to Josh McDaniels coming back. I don't really see it happening in an offensive coordinator role because I think Robert Kraft was very bullish on bringing Bill O'Brien back. And even if Belichick is gone next year, maybe Bill O'Brien is still the offensive coordinator for that reason. He really hasn't had a real chance here quite yet, and he certainly hasn't had a lot to work with. But I would like to see McDaniels, you know, come on as an advisor or maybe even a quarterback's coach if Mac Jones is going to stick around. Now, I wouldn't expect anything like that to happen this year. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but, you know, he, he's gone through a lot. He still has a few years left on his contract, highly lucrative contract. So Josh McDaniels is going to do just fine financially. But question is, is he going to take some time to sort of regroup? and figure out what the next step is in his career, because he's still fairly young. He can coach in the NFL for another 20 years if he wants to. Yeah, there's a lot of people making comment. There'll be a very Bill Belichick move to try and find a way to use Josh McDonald's while somebody else is paying him. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back in some form, but you are mentioning there about a lot of the uh, offensive personnel decisions and odd personnel decisions, and of course, anytime it's a personnel decision, it falls onto the feet of the general manager, which in this case is, of course, Bill Belichick and there's been quite constant talk all through the season that Bill Belichick you know it, it has, has lost his mojo that it could be pushed out the door by Kraft that he mightn't be kept on for the next couple of years and some people even suggesting that he should be fired I don't think he should be fired obviously and this is the have to have more respect for Bill Belichick than that and give him the chance to rebuild but is there a world where Belichick decides that you know I'm too old for a rebuild I'm going to step off or Will Mr. Kraft say, look, you know, I'm not going to fire you, but if if you walked away, that wouldn't be a bad thing for us right now. It's really hard to tell. I mean, I think as of right now, the way things are trending, I wouldn't expect Bill Belichick to be back. Um, and I, I think at, in, in sort of the national and now international media, uh, 
people think that that is a crazy idea with everything Bill Belichick has done. But, you know, around Boston sports talk, everyone wants him gone at this point, not just as the GM, which I think most people would agree he has not done a good job in this rebuild the last four years as general manager, but even as the head coach. And, you know, it does make some sense. I, I You know, Belichick is still very good at, like, mid-game adjustments, seeing what the, the opposing team throws out there, going to the sideline. His team always comes out at halftime looking better than they did in the first half. But if you've watched the last 12 to 15 months of Patriots football, they fall into these early holes where they go down 10 nothing, 14 nothing, and they have to spend the rest of the game climbing back. And they'll make some of those adjustments. They'll make a game out of it sometimes. They almost came back against the Eagles. They almost came back against the Dolphins. Uh, you know, there there were a bunch of games last year. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, they almost came back and won that game. Uh, you know, they, they can put in a valiant effort and make those in-game adjustments, but they are clearly not going into these games prepared. And I think that's a real issue is, is there something going on in that locker room that is preventing that message getting through to the players. Is it just the personnel? Um, maybe you just demote Belichick. You keep him out, out as head coach, and then you bring in a different general manager. But will Belichick want to do something like that since he's had full control um, over the last few years of the the basically the entire build of the Patriots organization? Um, it's really hard, but hey, if they go into Frankfurt and get blown out by the Indianapolis Colts, you know, people are talking Belichick maybe fire by the time he gets on the plane flying. Oh, I'm not sure that's going to happen. I wouldn't bet on it. But, you know, there is an argument there that, you know, Gerard Mayo who seems to be the heir apparent uh, to Bill Belichick based on what Robert Kraft has said about him and is kind of insinuated. You know, there's an argument. Why don't you have Gerard Mayo be an interim head coach for the rest of the season, see what he can piece together with the team. Maybe he can fire up the roster a little bit because, Players are starting to check out. You've heard what happened with J.C. Jackson and Jack Jones and um, sh showing up late, missing curfew. And um, J.C. Jackson has not been the guy in the locker room you would want him to be, that he was in years past in New England. And there may be something there where if you bring in a new interim head coach, a young guy who can kind of speak to the younger players, the less experienced players in New England that were here when Tom Brady was here, maybe he can fire them up and, he can prove that, hey, I am the next head coach in New England. But like I said, I wouldn't bet on it, but, you know, something has to change. And maybe the Patriots will go on a run and they'll finish 7-10 or, or something like that. But uh, I don't know. If, if it's trending the way it is, I would not expect Belichick to be back. Yeah, the the hopeful in me since on a season's game in Germany, the fact that the bye week is after and reminds me what it was like two years ago when Matt Jones in his rookie season when the Patriots went on a pretty good run in the second half of the season, despite, I believe it was a one and three start. So I don't know, maybe there is hope, but it's difficult to see the way that Matt Jones has been playing. Like you mentioned there, almost every game you're watching, the Patriots find a way to go 10 points down, even against the Commanders uh, at the weekend. You know, you, the, here's a team that's after losing two of their most important defensive players, and you go down 10 to nothing early on. It just, it just seems like, you know, in terms of the act, what they're actually doing all week doesn't seem to work until halftime. And then someone tries to, I'm, whoever it is, Belichick or whoever are the leaders in the locker room, gives them a kick in the ass. And I, that's just not a sustainable way to win football games. Um, I just want to change the focus at the, at the defensive side of the ball. I mean, from my point of view, I think most it's almost a uniquely Patriots problem that 
one the defensive side of the ball isn't quite as bad as, as what's going on in offense because there's a lot of teams out there that are good on both or are bad on both whereas I think there's a, there's a significant gap between the quality of what we see here in New England um, what's your take on how the defense has been performing this year it's still a trademark Belichick defense that can get our quarterbacks and, and make sauce when you need to or is that kind of losing an edge as well I mean they're making a lot of mistakes where they're not tackling you remember Sam Howell last week had third and very long I forgot what it was and he was able to scramble and break like three Patriots tackles and get a first down you know we are starting to see them struggle with the fundamentals you know and people would say like that's not very Patriot-like but over the last few years it has become Patriot-like is these kind of dumb errors where you're just you're not making the fundamental tackles you have third and long and you're giving up big plays or or you're letting them have the middle of the field and you're not making that tackle where they can get the first down. Uh, we're sorry to see that happen. And I know the defense lost Matt Judon. They lost Christian Gonzalez, who is the real deal, by the way. I mean, he was guarding Tyreek Hill and just staying glued to him. And you saw J.C. Jackson try to do it a few weeks later. He couldn't get it done. So, look, they, they have injuries. They lost their two best defensive players. You can't really bounce back from that, but... Uh, they lost Devin McCourty in the offseason. They haven't really figured out what they want to do at the free safety position. Uh, Kyle Duggar, who is obviously one of the more talented players on the roster, he may be gone this offseason. But you see him, he's kind of hit or miss sometimes. He'll miss some tackles. He'll, he'll blow coverages. He'll, he'll, he'll make some mistakes out there that you go, all right, we, we can't have that from a strong safety. And look, I love the intensity of Jabril Peppers. They have a lot of DBs that they've been able to piece things together with. J.C. Jackson was good out of the gate, then he struggled. Jonathan Jones is, you know, one of the fastest, but he's still a small guy. And they haven't had Marcus Jones out there. Uh, but I really would like to see the defense be able to make more stops on third down. And that's that's really been the issue this season, is that they have all the pieces in place. This still should be an elite Bill Belichick defense, and the offense is not doing any favors by getting them off the field. And certainly if we had a better offense, I think we would have a better defense. You looked at time of possession last week against Washington. I think it was, it was what, two to one Washington or something of that nature. So defense is tired out there. They can't stop them at third down. They're missing tackles. It's not a big rebuild, but you're going to lose some guys this offseason. Josh Uche, who only seems to come in on third down. He's going to be gone. I don't know why you didn't trade him at the trade deadline and get some assets for next season. But, uh, you know, a lot of Anthony Jennings, Keon White's looking to be a really great uh, defensive player. They they don't need to rebuild like crazy, but they got to have to bring some of these guys back and really build a foundation because they risk losing like a third of the roster of a lot of really good players on the defense and offensive side of football heading into the offseason. So, um, I know I'm kind of looking ahead to next year, but uh, this defense is, is you know, last year, it's essentially the same defense, right? And But last year they were winning games because they were forcing turnovers. They have a few interceptions the last couple games, but it is not the same. They are not for forcing turnovers like they did last season, which is the reason they were able to get to an 8-9 and nine record, and this season we're seeing a 2-7 and seven start. Yeah, it seems like it, what the Patriots might be better off doing is sort of collecting a few more draft picks so they can sort of inject a bit of youth and hunger into the team on both sides of the ball because it just feels sedentary too much that I, 
the, in terms of the, the defense, like you mentioned, not quite as good as last year, is really getting those turnovers and an offense just not having a plan to go out and win the game. It's just, I, mean, I don't know how you feel watching the uh, watching the games, but you got to feel like they're just it's really just lacking in energy, especially at home. I find it, it, it is particularly uh, annoying. I mean, against the against the Saints was just, was just awful, and even against the Commanders, it just feels like there's a a lack of energy. I don't I don't know whether. I don't know whether the Patriots, it's, you know, and I refer back to last year's was a Monday night football game against the Bears where Bailey Zappi got put in and then the entire crowd kind of got on the back of Mac Jones and was cheering for Bailey Zappi and then everything kind of fell apart. And it was just, it was the most disorganized I've ever seen the Patriots be as an organization as a whole. Do you feel like playing football, not to the top level that people in New England are used to in Foxborough is actually, you know, the home crowd is maybe knocking uh, the Patriots players uh, back a little bit because you know I'm a Boston sports fan. I know that people in Boston have got a, um, high expectations when it comes to their sports teams, whether it's the Celtics, Bruins, or Red Sox, and uh, it's got to affect the Patriots at some point as well. Yeah, I mean we've certainly been very spoiled here, at least the last last two days. And yeah, people always say, especially during the Brady era, they didn't have many bad games in Foxborough, but when they did, when they were losing, that place gets quiet. And, you know, it's still the same fan base. The Celtics and the Bruins see are the best in their respective sports, arguably, right now. So we still do have those high expectations. And we're not used to this fail- type of failure, particularly with the New England Patriots, who were always kind of a shoe-in to make uh, the AFC Championship game every year. And now, you know, we're, we're looking at, uh, uh, what would it be, two straight seasons, a playoff misses, three out of four seasons, and they wouldn't have won a playoff game since 2018. Uh, the crowd is, is not the same, and, and you're starting to see uh, empty seats, especially in, in some of the season ticket holder sections. And, uh, you know, if this continues, that that stadium, Robert Kraft, you know he's looking around there and seeing the empty seats, and we're just not really used to that. And uh, I know the Patriots organization isn't used to that, and we're starting to see, like I mentioned, players checking out, and we – we, they've always been in it. Even last year when they didn't have a great team, they were still in the playoff picture heading to the last week of the season. They're going to be out of it potentially before December. So what does that mean for the players? Are they going to really want to put that effort out there? I think we were already starting to see that last week against Washington. But a lot of this also comes down to coaching. I mean, I was at the game up in, up in Dallas uh, a few weeks ago. They're not coming out with the intensity you want to see an NFL team come out with. And that's very different from Tom Brady running out of the locker room and screaming at the top of his lungs. Uh, We just don't have that type of leadership right now. And you can only rely on Matthew Slater on special teams to fight up so much. You need need that guy in that coaching staff that's going to uplift the players. And if they're not winning schematically, they're certainly not winning emotionally. Well, I'm going to try and inject a bit of positive emotion to this and at least be somewhat hopeful that, because obviously we're talking about a lot of the negatives to surround the Patriots season, of which there are many, but this this game of Frankfurt against the Colts, I think, is winnable, which sets up for either a victory, which is somewhat expected against a, a, a not-so-great team, or sets you up for some really sort of crushing disappointment as the Patriots go 10-0 down. And I'm not quite sure which one to expect, you said. I mean, the Colts lost three in a row, but then ended up Gardner Minshew became, um, I guess, less messy. He didn't give out as many turnovers. He became, he didn't go for those big plays, but what he did do, he did well. And 
the Colts managed to, to get a win. They got a couple of uh, defensive turnovers, and uh, I think there was a pick six as well the Colts got last week against the Panthers. So, you know, they're they're warm up a little bit, but I still think that the Patriots, if they get in and get a hot start, like they did against, excuse me, against the Bills, and try to put a, a stamp on this game early, the Patriots can uh, come out and win this game. How do you think the Colts are going to, I got to challenge the Patriots on Sunday. Well, I think the tough thing about this matchup is the Colts do have an offense, right? And they just got Jonathan Taylor back, who's starting to get into stride a little bit more. And this is a team that scores at least 20 points a game, uh, if you look at their schedule, whereas the New England Patriots, uh, they struggle to put 20 points on the board each game. So it's hard to pick them. I, You know, if you look at my YouTube channel... I'm very optimistic. I'm always looking for silver linings. Uh, but after Washington last week, I was expecting the Patriots to kind of go on a run. You got you have Washington, you have Indianapolis, then you have the New York Giants, uh, the Chargers coming to Foxborough. That's going to be tough, as good as the Chargers may be. Uh, it's going to be tough for them. Pittsburgh, these are all winnable games. And I really expected the Patriots to come out and, and beat Washington in kind of a close game. And then looking forward, uh, you have a much easier schedule. Hey, maybe you can climb back to 500 before the Kansas City Chiefs come into town and make a little bit of a run. But um, seeing Sam Howell walk over that defense, seeing them lose uh, Sweat and Chase Young and still, you know, get to Mac Jones and seeing the offense struggle the way it was, uh, I just don't know how they're going to get 20 points in this type of game. Uh, like you said, it really comes down to can they score right away? Can they get off to a hot start? like they did against Buffalo, like they did in Miami the following week. I know that was technically a blowout. I think they lost, what, 31-17 to 17 or something like that. But they were still in that game late. It was really just Miami converting on third down over and over again, dragging out the clock. Uh, but the Patriots got off to a hot start in that game. So uh, we need to see that old Patriots team. This team is built to play from ahead. And they've been playing from behind for the last you know, 12 to 15 months, like I said, and we need to see them come out to an early lead and make it a little bit more difficult for the Colts and let Mac Jones have more of a balanced attack where they can run the football, they can throw it, they can take advantage of play action. They can do all that stuff. They can win this game. I'm not saying this is this is a tough one for them, but like I said, the Colts have no problem putting points on the board, whomever they're facing, whereas the Patriots are the opposite of that. So, I wouldn't bet on them, but if the Patriots can can get that first touchdown, then you know they have an actual they have an actual shot. All right, well, Patriots Nation, I'm sure are very excited to watch the uh, the New England play in Europe. They kick off at two thirty Irish and UK time. I'm sure a lot earlier in American time. Uh, Brad Whitaker from Pat's Cast, thank you very much for taking the time out to join us. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll speak again in the all season when we're, I'm sure we'd be uh, picking through um, whoever we need to draft to try and fix anything everything we've just talked about. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Shane. It was a lot of fun.